in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been a while since I've heard a chorus of bless yous in a public space. God bless you, a loving kindness I learned to offer growing up, not comprehending how I yet would discover regions differ when nuancing that sentiment. Recently, someone noticed how I now talk like a southerner one year after joining All Saints in Georgia. There's just something so darn inclusive about all y'all. Yes, I mean you, the All Saints community, as well as that southern turn of phrase that sparked my friend's comment. What he didn't seem to notice was how I've grown in skill, wielding another classic southern colloquialism, bless his heart. I've cherished this chance to step into the flow of blessing that surrounds our family of faith as we witness God's blessing in our little corner of the world. Bless your hearts for all the kindness you've extended since my arrival and for your selfless sacrifice, keeping apart to guard against ubiquitous germs spreading like wildfire through our steamy summer air. Before I learned any benedictions from our prayer book or prayed last rites over someone's passing into glory, I'd invoked God's blessing countless times by something insightful like a sudden sneeze. Bless our hearts, beset as we are in this time by more than one virus. Yet, even amid this double pandemic, we catch glimpses of that undeniable divine blessing, keeping vigil over a sin-sick world. The gracious spirit who hovered over the deep since the dawn of time keeps inspiring us to trust this relentless flow of blessing in a story of God's loving kindness through the ages. Rebecca was a willing witness, attentive to this mysterious shape-shifting blessing that God has been whispering over the world. Rebecca didn't mince words when invited into this timeless love story. We hear her yes without hesitation in our reading today from Genesis. One can only suspect the hushed stories Rebecca might have overheard growing up. Ironic tales of that strange relative, you know, the one who began going by a new name, who heard voices from heaven, who left town abruptly on account of some deity drawn off on a distant journey chasing outlandish pipe dreams. Bless his heart. Look where that got him. His wife, dead, only son, nearly sacrificed, staring down his own mortality, turning up his nose at native wives in that far-off land, sending his servant instead of his heir to seek a worthy bride. 
bless their hearts. You can just hear the gossip simmering below the surface, enough to make Rebecca wary of the thirsty messenger at the spring who asks her for a sip of water. Rebecca's brother Laban, now there's a smooth operator, glimpsing new bangles bedecking her arms. Laban sees blessings ripe for the family shakedown. Yes, Laban will line his own pockets down the line when Rebecca's future son Jacob returns, working years to earn the wife he truly loves, naive nephew, willingly fleeced. So why ask Rebecca to seal this marriage deal? Does she really even have a choice? In that patriarchal world of the ancient Near East, women seldom had a say. The Hebrew Bible's normally sparse narrative indeed is underscoring something any time a character enters the dialogue, especially when a female speaks for herself. Rebecca's consent to leave for Canaan without delay paints her ready, willing, and able to enter this epic love story first proposed by God. Now, Rebecca may not have known the details of that divine promise to Abraham and Sarah, nor of the foretold family that would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. But Rebecca is awake and alive, poised to channel the blessing of ancient hospitality, watering Abraham's servant and his parched creatures on this bride-seeking mission the man asked God to bless at its outset. Rebecca consents to these divine orchestrations before she even knows what it will mean, leading her into a distant horizon, off to seek a land of promise. Yet Rebecca's loving kindness flows freely, meeting the needs of a stranger before asking to see his credentials before knowing a thing about the land from whence he came. By the time Rebecca's family consults her, the woman's curiosity, confidence, and courage have confirmed her rightful place in this larger story, a story in which Rebecca later innovates with God to widen the blessing within and beyond her own family. Yes, Rebecca collaborates with God to ensure this blessing reaches not only her firstborn Esau, but also his younger twin brother Jacob. God, you see, is bent on expanding the reach beyond every single person, family, and nation, for this abundant blessing means to transform the whole world. Bless her heart. Rebecca finds her proper place within this story of redeeming love. A sanctified soul among the many, descendants as countless as desert sands, stretching out as far as the eye can see. I've never faced a personal decision to become a citizen of this country. 
Now, my ancestors already had seen their way into the story of America. It might be said that my birthright as firstborn daughter within a multi-generational military family passed over me and came to rest on my younger brother, who, yes, is a twin, though not my own. His name is not Jacob. I was born, you see, on a base at the U.S. Naval Academy, but Mark, my brother, is the military officer in our Stuart clan. Mark is presently deployed, flying KC-10s in far-off lands for the U.S. Air Force. Members of our family have served in all four branches of the armed services for three generations now. There was no resisting the romance when my parents met in the military, studying foreign languages at DLI in Monterey, California. More moving than the circumstances of that tale are the values our parents bequeathed us. That legacy of our forebears includes a commitment to service to our country out of gratitude for the welcome my Italian grandfather received years ago, a precious gift that carries solemn responsibility. Many of my fondest memories growing up constellate around July 4th festivities, barbecue melting in your mouth, gorging on juicy watermelon or red, white, and blue bomb pops, F-16s streaking across bright skies, color guards stepping in perfect harmony, crowds hushing at the beauty of fireworks, families humming patriotic tunes the whole ride home. Such simple joys may have been on tap for many of us this weekend. Life and liberty, like health and safety, are blessings we dare not take for granted in this country, especially these days. Irving Berlin's God Bless America always seems to feature among the rousing anthems showcased with our glorious annual rocket glare. A friend of mine pointed me toward the detailed backstory of this song, a patriotic tale to which I had paid little attention through the years, even though the song is unmistakably among my favorites. Turns out Berlin took his first pass in 1918 aiming to compose a final number to a musical send-off for troops shipping out to the field from Camp Upton, an army embarkation port up in New York. That year, much was unfolding on the global scene, and not only the Great War. The world was grappling with a deadly pandemic that ultimately would infect 500 million people with the Spanish flu in four successive waves over 26 months. Berlin felt the song somehow didn't set the right tone for soldiers heading off to combat, so he put it on ice for 20 years. On a trip home from London in 1938, around the same time Neville Chamberlain was hand-clasping with Hitler in the infamous Munich Pact, declaring peace for our time, bless his heart, Berlin 
was coming back to that yet unpublished piece. He revised the lyrics to become the words we now know. American singer Kate Smith introduced the revamped version on the radio, commemorating the 20th anniversary of Armistice Day. Several years later, when Republican and Democratic parties attempted to each appropriate the song for their national conventions, Berlin flat out refused, insisting this was a song for all Americans. Such a tune of peace and promise that many have come to love dearly, this patriotic song is a fierce love song for his country. Berlin, a Russian Jewish refugee who not only navigated a global pandemic, but also survived the pressures of integration within a new nation, where Berlin arrived at the tender age of five with his immigrant family. This gift of a stranger no longer blesses all our hearts, pointing us back again to that expansive blessing vast enough to hold our shared hopes of belonging to a story far larger than ourselves. At its very best, America is a land I also love, the country I pray God indeed will bless with divine light to guide us away from polarization. Like every place hallowed by God's transforming love, this is a country who can nurture people of curiosity, courage, and confidence, people willing to sacrifice in order to welcome the divine in all its diversity, especially in the face of a stranger. With the eyes of faith, we too discover the wellspring of God's abundance, like Rebecca, like Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we find ourselves swept into an epic story for all the ages, a story where God's blessing indeed transforms the world.